2: We're now finished with the Christmas event and we're a lot stronger. So there's something I'm sure we'll be able to handle now the Wing of Illusion. And now we've gone to the Dragonfield Hills, the tournament ground at the Dragonfield Hills. Dragon Hill Fields are burst bustling with activity in preparation for the upcoming Solondor's Grand Wing of Illusion tournament, a virtual city of brightly-hued tents line the perimeter of the countless fields. Countless spectators from far and wide roam the contest site, eagerly awaiting the next event. A wide wing of tall stones has been set in place in the centre of the main contest field, uh, well, there's a yew garden I can visit. The Yew Garden, as it is called, is actually a small grove of yew trees, scattered amongst which are statues and monuments, depicting many heroic est- em- est- episodes from the various tournaments and contests, held at the Dragon, Field, Dragon Hill Field, over the last few centuries... A large statue near the centre of the garden depicts two famed warriors, Chase and Trogg, squaring off against one another in one of the more recent Festival of Blades Tournament of Arms. A copper blade plate at the base of the statue declares that Chase defeated Trogg and was crowned Tournament Champion. Now, the Festival of Blades was one of about... Four PP player versus player events in the entire history of Swift. And Jason and Tog were the finalists. And they won fabulous prizes. And that was a long, long, long time ago. Well, let's visit Yulia, the festival master. Yulia... Festival Master for the Festival of Blades. An overseer of most of the events that take place in Dragon Hill Fields greets you warmly and says that that entry into the Wing of Illusion, Tornad of Arms, is only for those adventurers deemed worthy and that the entry process is being conducted by the Master Illusionist Solidar. Those Grand Illusions are the cornerstone of the contest. Can't imagine you'll have any trouble getting in, Sir Kroketon, she says. Solondar is in the large red tent on the east side of the grounds. Go on over and have word with him if you'd like to sign on for it. I'm sure he's been hoping you would turn up. Let's ask a few questions first. What are the rules for this tournament? Lurella tells you it's not strictly a tournament, Arms. Magic is not allowed per the request of Sollandorth, whose torment it is. The only magic Sollandor wants on displays is his own, she says, smirking. I must admit to you, Sir Croquiton, his illusions are far beyond imagination. Unless, of course, that's the imagination of Sollandor or Matthew Yarrow's, <laughs> she further tells you. The tournament is not strictly combats, though fighting plays a large part of it, usually does. You learn that there will be obstacles and scenarios to overcome, as well as fearsome foes to defeat, some human and some monstrous. It's like nothing you've ever witnessed, he says. There are indeed few who can count on making making it through all twenty rounds. After all, Solondar has his reputation to uphold. Um, okay, I'm going to do it anyway, because it sounds like fun. But other prizes. Yulia tells you that contestants will win prizes of gold and experience in accordance with how far they make it in the tournament. Contest- contestants who make it through all 20 rounds will also have their pick of one of the rare special items Solander offered as prizes, she says. Rumour has it that he is not only a master of illusion, but he has been able to imbue both weapons and armour with the result of his craft. You've heard mention of Solidor's famed phantom weapons and armour, but you've never known anyone who possessed any of them. Yulia's description reinforces the small bits and pieces you've heard about them over the years, however it's said that they are truly remarkable pieces. Ah, well. Well, that's more than enough reason to pay a visit to Solidor and sign up. Let's see what he can cook up. The master illusionist, Solidor, seems genuinely pleased to see you as you wash it into a large red tent by two of his armed attendants. I've been hoping you'll make the showing, says the white-haired illusionist offering you a vessel of woot wine after pouring one for himself. It would be a shame to run this tournament without one of the world's, most illustrious without the world's most illustrious adventure in the list. So as I told you, the tournament entry fee is normally 8 adventurous tokens and 4 gold, but for you the fee is only 4 and 4,000 gold that is. It's only four adventure tokens and 2,000 gold. So there it is, he says, drowning what remains of his rude wine. When the tournament begins, it would bring me and others no end of joy to see the illustrious Sir Crokington take the field. All right, we'll pay up. All right, we'll get it back and then some. Four ATs and 2,000 gold have been spent. We'll get them both back. Well done, beams Solondor, as he accepts your payment and firmly grasps your hand. This will be the grandest tournament to ever grace the Dragon Hill Field, Sir Crokington, and on that I'll stake my own life. I wish you luck. I do indeed. You bid Solondor farewell. Take your leave of the Master Illusionist. Uh, I can visit Solandar. Solandar's tent, the largest and arguably the brightest of any to be found at Dragonfield Hills. Dragon Hill Fields, is bursting with Tuli. Tournament contestants, aspiring mages and curious spectators are all eager to gain an audience with the master illusionist. When Solandar sees you approaching, he has his guards clear everyone out of the tent and welcomes you into his temporary abode with a friendly smile. The master mage pours you some woot wine and engages you in a conversa- conversation that primarily focuses on your most recent adventures. Oh, and that was quite a thing. I was warped to a parallel world, deep in the Neverless, on the very threshold of the realm of saffa himself. Fortunately, he didn't notice me. But I did... Get a notice of some other being. Yes, yeah, solid Solidar, farewell and set off on your way. Alright, visit the Festival Master. Yulia, the Festival Master of the Festival of Blades and overseer of most of the events that take place in the Dragon Hill Fields, greets you warmly and says she and her crews and toiling night and day to keep the tournament running on schedule. It's a labour to be sure, she says. But well worth the effort, I assure you, Sir Croakington. Well, let's proceed with this tournament, then. The grand spectacle known as Solendar's Wing of Illusion is at last under way. Not since the Festival of Blades has there been such a stir at the Dragon Hill Fields. Tournament standing, you have yet to compete in the tournament. Proceed to the first round. The crowd of spectators leap to their feet and cheer wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The first round of Solondor's grand wing of illusion is about to get under way. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the standing stones, arcing high into the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper, as the energy subsides, replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Solendar's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift, and before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings... You find that your surroundings have changed. The dead of winter. A heavy blanket of new-fallen snow covers the frozen hills for as far as you can see in any direction. A frigid wind, a bitter remnant of the late winter storm that ravaged this place last night, sweeps down off the jagged peaks to the east and bites hard, into what few inches of flesh you've dared to leave exposed to its deadly chill. To the north, just over the crest of an icy, boulder-strewn slope, a thick, black trail of smoke rises ominously into the air. Soledar's illusion is indeed a masterpiece. As fast as your legs will allow, you bound through the knee-deep snow and proceed steadily direction of the smoke. The summit of the rocky hill reveals the source of the smoke and sends your pulse racing. A small village burns in, the sh- in, the sh- in a shallow valley, not more than a quarter of a mile from where you now stand. And above even the ferocious howl of the wind you can hear the desperate screams of its inhabitants as they no doubt struggle to save their homes. Suddenly, your eye starts to the west, where you witness what is likely the cause of the destruction on display here. A band of fur-clad or ogres, six strong, are in full pursuit of a group of fleeing villagers. The men and women, perhaps just over a dozen in number, are moving swiftly through the deep snows towards a pair of huh? towards a patch of high ground, just west of the village. The ogres are rapidly gaining on them. However, you are certain the humans will soon be overtaken. With no time to spare, you rush to the north and west, shouting loudly and waving your arms in a desperate bid to draw the ogres' attention away from their helpless prey. Okay, I'm going to pause because there seems to be a lot of fireworks going on, which is to be expected because it is New Year's Eve and it's very nearly midnight. And now we're back. Within, you're within 50 yards of intercepting the fleeing villagers who have yet to notice you when one of the ogres turns and waves its spiked club frantically in your direction. The savage beast, together with his five cool, quick kin, abandons his original pursuit and starts at once towards you. The six ogres are swiftly closing on you. That's exactly what I wanted to happen, so uh, good job. And that's probably what the audience wanted to see too. You remind yourself that it's only an illusion. So, two options use archery or hold your ground and engage the ogres. Well, gonna give archery a shot first. (laughs) Shot. It succeeded. Four to archery, two arrows, fired in rapid succession, find their respective marks deep in the te- chests of the two advancing ogres. The savage creatures stagger onwards for several yards before collapsing face first in the snow. They do not move again. Undeterred, the four remaining ogres redouble their efforts, roaring wildly as they draw to within melee range. Position yourself to face only the first two of the remaining four ogres. It's two fur clad ogres. I'll just take these on. The savage ogres swipe at you with their heavy wooden clubs. And they are slain. 12 XP. Before you can catch your breath, the last pair of ogres is upon you, swinging wildly with their heavy wooden clubs. Clubs and other two fat fur clad ogres particularly brutal stroke for 12 damage. And now they are slain. Another 12 XP. The bloodied carcasses of the six ogres lie strewn about you on the snowy hillside. You scoop, stoop to one knee and allow yourself a few moments to catch your breath and clean up your equipment. Before setting off in the direction of the fleeing villagers. Eventually... When they realise they are no longer being pursued by the ogres, the fleeing villagers end their flight and turn to look back along Turn to look back along along the trail they left in the fresh snow. Upon catching sight of you, the size of a group of men, women and children hurry towards you, moving swiftly back along the footpath they carved as they fled. Help us! They still have us in the village. Cries a grey-haired man as the group draws up around you. There's a beast there, larger than the west, you must help us. You instruct the villagers to remain here, well out of harm's way. And Without a second thought, you turn north and move off with all possible haste towards the smouldering remains of the village. You move move out of the snowy hills and into the heart of the small village, and immediately struck by the level of destruction wrought upon the place by ogres, not one building is left standing. Only tall piles of ash and charred timbers were made where the homes of the hardy villagers once stood. The sounds of sobbing intermingled with loud, savage snarls, sent you scurrying deeper into the ruins and near a tall wooden monument that bears the piled flag of this settlement you've come upon. A creature, the, fi- the fleeing villagers alluded to. Oh, they are flags here. Are they fun flags? Probably, most flags are fun. Towering over the prone, unmoving form of a leather-clad man is one of the largest ogres you've ever had the displeasure of viewing. Standing perhaps nine feet tall. Oh, that's way too tall. The savage, grey-skinned creature turns its hideously scarred face away from the prey at its feet and settles its contemptuous gaze on you. A group of about fifteen villagers, many of them wounded, huddle in the snow several yards from where the ogre stands. The wise widen, as so look, look upon your arrival as a dim ray of hope in what had been their blackest hour. The ogre sneers, then so- snorts loudly, for hosting up his iron spike club and stomping across the icy terrain towards you with little recourse but to stand your ground and bravely face the two-legged tower you do precisely that you remind yourself that it's only an illusion you fight. You valiantly face the massive ogre the massive ogre swipes at you with his spike club your enemy lays particularly brutal stroke on you for 9 damage, but is still slain. Slain into teeny, teeny pieces. 21 XP. A revolting, gurgling sound animates from the throat of the dying ogre as it collapses into the blood-wet snow, Blood-drenched snow beneath its feet. The terrifying beast is no more. Instinctively... You begin to wash away the fallen man over whom the ogre stood, but you've taken less than ten steps when your surroundings suddenly begin to blur and shift. Well, I guess no one wants to see—no one wants to see triage, do they? This isn't a medical drama. Although maybe those be popular in other—maybe those will be popular too. The scene around you returns to focus and you once again find yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones on the Dragon Hill Fields. The deafening roar of the Cloud signals that your victory in this, the first round of Solidar's Wing of Illusion, has been met with feverish approval. Solidar himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then cautiously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. Two hundred and fifty-six experienced the General. Congratulations, Sir Crokerton. Your victory means you will advance to the next round of combat. Good luck. The edge of the contest field, Solondar again congratulates you and tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done, though, Sir Crovington, he says. I see I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist farewell and make your way, across, way off across the tournament grounds. Alright, have a little nap to recover from that. Visit Yulia the Festival Master once again and proceed with the tournament. The grand spectacle known as Solondor's Wing of Illusion is still ongoing. Not since the Festival of Blades has there been such a stir the Dragon Hill feels. All right, one round done, we now continue to round two. Proceed to the second round. Now, the thing about the Wing of Illusions, I think the first two rounds, everyone can play them. But after but after that, you've got to be an a g membership. But uh, honestly, you've probably bought one by then. Proceed to the second round. The gathered onlookers wise, cheering wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The second round of Solendar's grand wing of illusion is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the sanding stones, arcing hinds at the sky overhead. The frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper as the energy subsides. <whistles> Replaced by the strange, almost eerie calm that always precedes the onset of one of Solendar's phantasmal masterpieces, suddenly everything around you begins to blur and shift, and before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings, you find your surroundings have changed. Roasted apples. All around you stand the dead and decaying apple trees that once the pride of what you can only describe as a long abandoned orchard. The bleak, rolling hills that stretch out as far as you can see in any direction are broken intermittently by small groves sickly black flute trees and the occasional dilapidated stone wall. Curiously, only a dozen yards from you stand what appears to be the only living tree in sight. The tall, seemingly healthy tree bears the large large crimson apples on its upper branches. Ooh, apples Well since it's abandoned, I guess a little bit of scrumping won't go a uh, won't go amiss. Wondering what devilry Solendar might have in store of you, you take several steps towards the tree, but stop dead in your tracks when it suddenly springs to life. Oh no Oh no, it hurts scrumping. It hurts scrumping Doesn't like scrumping Doesn't Doesn't Does not like scrumping You step back and assume a defensive stance as you stare at the apple bearing domach now standing before you. Eh yeah, I guess guess an apple tree mock would be pretty angry. Because always got people climbing all over it. Picking the fruits off. Probably pulling way too hard and taking some branches off too. Don't look like, oh, your apples are tart. Well, of course they're tart. I'm furious. You keep climbing over me and you don't wash your boots. Look at that. Look at that. Look, look at that. Butt prints all over me. Yeah! I'm so angry! So very angry! And this makes my bananas tart! This makes my apples tart! Apparently. I don't know. I've never met a living apple tree, so... Maybe that's not the effect that anger has. The wicked tree creature grumbles and waves its massive limbs in a threatening fashion. We're not all dead, it was. Not yet! Realizing
0: that defeating this Stormhook may well be.
2: Step towards your foe. You fear a sound from behind and instinctively, instinctively turn to face it. Directly to your back, almost within arm's reach, is a second Dorok. Before you can react to the. Rat, the foul creature, swipes out at you with one of his broad limbs. But well, I guess this is one of the best places to hide if you happen to be a tree. I mean, how are you to tell? Is, is, is that a living tree? Is, is that a regular tree? Is, is, that, a, is that a tree gonna a me? Is it a regular tree? I don't know! I don't know! Get, get the fire! Get the fire! Burn them all! Burn them all! Of course, if you set them on fire and they burn... Yet they will die eventually, but they'll be able to splotch you to little tiny pieces before they burn enough to stop. Yes, alright, picking a number. Bonus of 9 to 17. All from agility. Got to get 50 or more. Pick now. 109 success. You crouch a little bit. And then, and then boing forward. Nimbly dodging what might have been a crippling blow from the mighty tree creature. Now dot-lying almost directly at the Dormuk's exposed boots, you spring up and prepare to engage the wicked beast. Reminding yourself that the Dormuk before you, and the one behind, are only clever illusions crafted by Sonador. brings you little comfort as you square off against the fearsome beast. It's a domuk. They're angry and they're trees. A bad combination.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place
2: swipes at you with a broad limb. Domok grabs hold of you, entangling you in its thick branches and shakes you violently. I know Oh, no! oh that, that sounds Oh it's only four damage though. Keep... I keep going, keep going, keep going, and it is slain. 9xp. You leap backwards to avoid being crushed by the toppling Domok. Realizing you're not yet out of danger, you spin to base the apple-bearing tree creature. What greets your eyes is a truly horrifying sight. The crimson fruits dangling from the top branches of the towering domook are now engulfed in flame. Ugh, you're not going to eat them. Even if you come you're not going to eat my apples. It's not what he said, but it's probably what he's thinking. Possibly. The wicked tree creature laughs at you begins plucking the burning apples from itself and hurling them at you. One of the Domuk's knotted, sinewy limbs knots forward as the cruel living tree hurls the flaming apple at you with unnerving velocity. Picking a number, bonus of 46. 12 from luck. 34 from agility all right pick now 134 spring to the side dodging the hurtling burning apple by mere inches much dismay the Domok rips another one of the burning fruit from its branches and prepares to throw it at you one of the domic's knotted sinewy limb shoots forward as the cruel living tree hurls a flaming apple at you with unnerving velocity. Same check again. Pick now eighty seven. You leap nimbly to one side, dodging the hurtling burning apple by mere inches. Much to dismay, the Domer clips another the burning fruits from its branches and prepares to fight. Oh, You your go out with this for hours. I hope it I hope it runs out of Fire. I hope it burns through its apples before it hits me. One of the domocks, knitted, sinewy limbs shoots forward as the cool, living tree hurls a flaming apple at you with unnerving velocity. I wonder how could they probably smell really nice these flaming apples. Picking a number, bonus forty-six. Pick now. Eighty-one. You leap nimbly to the. S- you spring to the side, dodging the hurtling burning ankle by mere inches. Much dismay, the dumbach whips another of the burning fruits from its branches and prepares to throw it at you. One of the dumbach's knotted, sinewy limbs sputes forward as the cruel living tree with unnerving velocity. All right, same trick again. Pig now! Fifty-seven. Oh, 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 oh. You cry out an agle. As the burning apple smashes into you, exploding to a shower of red-hot fragments to sear your flesh. Six. Damage. Much to your dismay, the Domok grips another of the burning fruits from its branches and prepares to it at you. One of the Domok's knotted, sinewy limbs shoots forward as the cool, living tree hurdles a flaming apple at you with
0: unnerving
2: velocity. Picking a number. Bonus 46. 12 from luck. 34 from agility. Pick now. 139. He's sprawling to the side. Going above the burning apple this time. With no more flaming apples to toss you away. Phew. Phew. It went out. I guess a lot of the apples burnt up their little stems and just... Fell naturally. Yeah, that must be it. Because I don't believe a whole apple tree would just have about seven apples. I mean, it is a dying orchard, so that might be it. But still, apple trees can have hundreds of apples! (laughs) The domok grumbles and lurches forward. Its powerful limbs swiping the air as it prepares to strike you down. It's a towering domok. Let us begin combat with it. Domok swipes at you with a broad limb. Alright, keep going, keep going. Let's take you a bit of chopping down, because, you know, it's a tree. The Domok grabs hold of you, entangled in its thick branches, and shakes you violently. Alright, and it is slain. 22 XP. Your victory over the towering Domok brings you only a moment's elation. For you quickly found yourself surrounded by three more of the evil tree creatures. Pressing your back up against the trunk of a watting apple tree, and really hoping this one isn't going to spring to life and grab me from behind. You prepare to face each of these beasts in turn. The first Domuk leaps forward and attacks the Domuk. Alright. Grabs me, shakes me, 9 damage. And then again for 8 damage. And it is slain. 9 XP. You climb over the twisted remains of the dying tree rock and swiftly engage the second of the three tree monsters. It's a Domok again. It's going down. But it's not a domo, because then we could be friends. But that probably wouldn't be good for the audience that's watching this. Swipes at you with a broad limb. Uh, I don't know, maybe they would. Maybe they'd like a bit of that. You know, variety. 9xp. The third and final Dombu crawls as it launches into melee range. Its mighty limbs waving about wildly. Begin combat. Swipes with you with a broad limb, I swipe with a shiny, shiny, sharp, sharp dagger, and it is slain. You step back and stare down, with some degree of pride, the remains of the slain Domok, now scattered throughout the dying orchard. Silently, you pray that Solondar is close to dispelling this illusion. As if in answer to your prayer, your surroundings suddenly begin to blur and shift. The scene around you gradually returns to focus, and you once again find yourself standing in the circle of stones in the dragon hill fields. The deafening roar of the crowd signals that your victory in this, the second round of Solidar's Wing of Illusion, have been met with feverish approval. Solidar himself strides out on the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then courteously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. two hundred and fifty six XP to General At The age of the contest field, Solidar, again congratulates you, and tells you to expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done, though, said Rogison, and am gonna have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist farewell, and make your way off across the tournament grounds, right and back to the main safe space west and save back to the festival master. proceed with the tournament on to the third round. The crowd of spectators leaps to their feet and cheer wildly as you take the field and stride purposely into the centre of the circle of stones. The third round of Solondor's grand wing of illusion is about to get underway. A shrill, crackling sound fills the air as arms of golden energy leap from the tips of the standing stones. Harking high into the sky overhead, the frantic cheering of the crowd falls to barely a whisper. As the energy subsides, replaced by a strange, almost eerie calm but always perceives the onset of one of Solander's phantasmal masterpieces. Suddenly, everything around you begins to blur and shift, before you can make any attempt to regain your bearings. You find your surroundings have changed. Trial by fire. You find yourself standing on the edge of a broad slab of stone that serves as a walkway snaking its way precariously for a blazing field of fire that stretches out an interminable distance in all directions. The walkway extends forward, out of sight in the direction you're facing, while behind you a towering wall of flame blocks your path. The ceiling of stars staring down from a cold black sky overhead indicates you're somewhere outside. Do you have the faintest idea as to what wicked place... Solidar is intended to recreate with this masterful illusion. Oddly enough, despite your close proximity to the flames on either side, side of the stone walkway, you feel only slightly warmer than usual. Suddenly, a loud hum rises above the wall of fire, and the glowing apparition of a man appears before you. You're about to make a move to defend yourself, when you suddenly realise it's an image of Solondor himself. Oh, hello there. The worm of Ixalmijal, says the phantasm of the Master Illusionist, waving his hand about at your surroundings. I was there many, many years ago, Sir Crokington, as a young and more able-bodied man. I do hope you forgive me if I don't get the details exactly right, though I think for the most part my memory still stirs me. This is a worm in the very pits of the Nevelace, From which I barely escaped with my life. Seek out the dial. Good luck. Solondar's in his phase, And you are once again alone. On the stone walkway amidst the towering flames. (coughs) With no option but to move along the walkway. In the direction you are already facing. You cautiously set off on your way. Eager to find whatever dial Solondar referred to. And escape from his illusion. The walkway continues for nearly 50 yards before ending at a T-junction. So it can go left or right. No way to get any clue as to which is better. So you yeah, right. You follow the walkway to the right and soon arrive at a bend where the stone slab turns abruptly to the left. Before you've made it to the bend, a soft hiss fills the air and the sound of something padding softly on the stone wall reaches your ears. You're convinced that something is about to appear around the bend. Well, oh, I guess I'll face it. I bet the audience want to see that. They want to see me facing something. Meanwhile, I'll face what appears. You wait with bated breath, preparing yourself to face whatever may appear around the corner. You don't have to wait long. With a loud and menacing hiss, an enormous fire-engulfed cat steps around and bends, and starts toward you. The burning feline, easily the size of a large bear, is easily the size of a large bear, as swiftly bearing down on you, as you wholly assume a defensive stance and prepare to meet its charge. You can't help but wonder if I ever faced such a thing as this and what he have might possibly have done to survive it. Well, maybe he used his power of illusion to make a bigger flaming dog to scare the cat away. Or a tiny flaming mouse for the cat to chase after. Or he just had a water bottle with him and went, and it's both put out and angry. Yes, it's doubly effective against flaming cats. A water bottle. Assuming it doesn't turn to steam before it reaches it. Depends out hot the cat's burning. It's a flaming cat. Let's just begin combat with it. Right. Bad kitty. Very bad kitty. The firing golf cast hisses viciously as it swipes at you with its burning claws. Well, burning paws with burning claws atop them. It's nearly done, and slain. Bye-bye, kitty. 13 XP. With the final, vicious hiss, the fire engulfing the large cat blazes with renewed intensity for several seconds, before the feline suddenly vanishes into thin air. After having caught your breath, you cautiously round the bend in the walkway and continue on your way. You wonder and dread what the clever illusionist has in store for you next. The stone pathway continues to snake its way through the sea of fire that surrounds you, but eventually coming to an abrupt end to the set of tall iron doors. It has probably slightly shortened the path than what it was in the original adventure, because you don't just want to see it to spend several hours watching a guy just wandering around. Hoping the dial that Sonadar mentioned is somewhere behind the doors, you reach out to open them, but quickly withdraw your hand, and when they swing inward of their own accord, probably for the best, because they've probably been really hot, you boldly, but cautiously, step through the open doors, and find yourself on a sizable stone platform, amidst the now familiar endless field of fire. In the middle of the broad platform sits a large stone dial, weathered surface covered with strange and complex symbols. Standing between you and the Dar, however, glaring at you contemptuos- contemptuously, are four of the strangest creatures you've ever seen. The four beings are two-legged humanoids, each with the head, hands, and feet of a cat. These four fat men, cat men—I <laughs> don't know if they're fat or not, probably not—each clad in ornate leather armor grip spears, which they hold to their slender torsos, long thin tails droop onto the fall behind them, behind them, and their silvered yellow eyes are focused intently on you, you. You're not angry about that, that cat I had to fight a while back. You, know, you probably are. Might've been your son for all I know. If so, recall the legend of strange humanoid cat creatures known as Catamawak, and realize that Sonodar must have encountered them on his journey through the never realm of Ic-Jory's cell. The legend of the Catamawak paints them as clever and cruel, with no tolerance of any species but their own. Yep, yeah, that's cats. The stories also tell the ability of these fire-dwelling catfolk, that bursts into flame at will. Kill this miserable creature! This is one of the catamark as it steps behind its thin three kin. In unison, the three foremost of the catmen ignite and begin stalking towards you, their spears poised to run you through. You quickly position yourself to face the first of the three advancing catamarkes. a catamark warrior and there's a law book entry for catamark these wicked humanoids found in several of the deeper wounds of the neverness the head hands feet and tail of a cat the catamark are nimble clever and cool and do not tolerate other species except as slaves catamark are immune to the effects of nearly all non-magical fire and have the ability to ignite themselves at will, making themselves both fearsome and dangerous in the eyes of any would-be foe. Master Chasmock Warriors are said to have nine lives, and are believed to grow in power with each of their new incarnations. It is believed that these scheming and warlike cat beings control vast empires in several of the countless realms of the Neverness. Well, let's hope that's a place we don't end up going. Katamook warrior, you're going down. The catman attacks you with his burning spear. You engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack no not fire I'm engulfed again for four damage, but it is slain. seven XP The guy in Catamok wails piteously as it as it collapses into a pile of singed fur and smoking bone at your feet. You promptly whirl to the white to engage the second of these vicious catmen. It's another catamok warrior. Let us begin. The catman attacks you with his burning spear. I am burning everything else but mostly the spear, and it is slain. Seven XP. The second catamaran slumps to the cold stone floor at your feet and flashes about wildly for a few seconds before becoming still. The third spear wielding catman is immediately upon you. It's a warrior. Let us begin. The catman attacks you with his burning spear. It's nearly done. You're engulfed by the flake with your enemy's attack for five damage. But still, it is slain. Seven speed you step over the smouldering corpse of your third foe and move boldly towards the last of the castle block. The leader of the cat, catamark, this viciously, and brandishes his spear with an, amazing dis- dis- display of, with an amazing display of skill. You do not... Ick! Sorry! Joel! He snarls. So I can use archery, or just fight him straight away. I'm going to use archery, of course. You unsuccessfully attempted to use your archery skill. Your your arrow sails wide of the mark. And there's no way I'm getting it back. It's probably already burned. But you managed to dodge the Catamaran's leaping attack. The nimble, nimble cat man lands on all fours to your left, and quickly springs to his feet, prepared and eager to engage you. Ooh, is this a springing contest? Oh, I think you, I think you've pecked the wrong person to engage in a springing contest with. You square off against a vicious catamouk. It's a catamouk master warrior. Oh no. We're going to have to defeat him nine times. Well, unless he was already slain a few times before, in which case it will be less times. Begin combat. The Catman attacks you with his burning blade. And is slain. 13 XP. The dying catwalk clutches at your clothing with his sharp claws. As he slumps down onto the stone pathway at your feet, he makes a feeble attempt to wide, but ultimately succumbs to his wounds and collapses face first into an expanding puddle of blood. Now let's just make sure he stays dead. Or not, or not, with no desire to remain inside the illusion for even a moment longer, you rush forward to examine the stone dial. While well, behind me, perhaps, unnoticed by all, even the writer of the game, the Rock Royer is rising again. Or maybe not, we don't know. The large stone dart is roughly five feet in diameter and its weathered surface is covered with many strange and complex symbols. An iron knob in the center of the object allows you to point a thin copper arrow at any of the hundreds of markings adorning the dial. You are certain there's a pattern to the symbols on the dial. By turning the copper arrow to point to them in a particular sequence, you are likely to solve it. And find a way out of this grand illusion, picking a number. Bonus of 222. 40 from Mind, 40 from Aura, 12 from Luck. 66 from Arcania and, twi- and 64 from Blore. Pick now. I think we're going to pass this. 293. You determine what you believe to be a pattern of 20 symbols. Among those covering the surface of the dial and immediately set to work. Turning the iron knob so that the copper arrow can point to each of them in turn. Suddenly, the iron knob begins to spin on its own, and you quickly, quickly withdraw your hand. And it's like, no, 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 we, I don't want to show all of this. Speed it up, speed it up. The knob spins faster and faster, Just and just as the copper arrow begins to clone, the groundings start to blur and shift. The scene around you gradually returns to focus, and you once again find yourself standing in the middle of the circle of stones, the Dragon Hill fields. Fortunately, I escaped before the Catman came back. The deafening roar of the crowd signals that your victory in this, the third round of Sondar's wing of illusion, has met with feverish approval. Solidar himself strides out onto the field and congratulates you on your victory. The Master Illusionist then courteously escorts you out of the Wing of Stones. And that's another 256 experience to general. The edge of the contest field. Solidar again congratulates you. Tells you should expect an even greater challenge the next time you're inside the Wing of Stones. Well done though, Sir Crocuson. I can see I'm going to have some difficulty thwarting you. You bid the Master Illusionist farewell. And make your way off across the towering tournament grounds. Alright, time to rest. And time to save. Well, we've hit... We've hit more than 50 minutes. And I think if we do another one, it will go well past an hour. So we'll stop for now. And next time, we'll... See what else Solondor has in store. And until then, farewell fellow adventurers.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator